Merry Christmas, everybody. Welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. This be episode 30, uh, and it's also the episode that goes out between Christmas and New Year. Uh, so we are kicking back, relaxing. We're going to uh, ramble even more vaguely than usual. Uh, hopefully we're going to go down a whole bunch of rabbit holes and tangents. <laughs> How you doing, Graham? I'm not doing too bad at all, Lady. I think this is going to be the podcast equivalent of Christmas afternoon laying back on the sofa, laced with tryptophan, um, just basically <laughs> slipping into a coma. Uh, so, so buckle up, everybody. I've got my cup of tea because this is a weird one. We're recording in the morning. Um, but fortunately, in order to avoid the risk of too much energy and enthusiasm, as I was telling Aid, I, I did step till three o'clock in the morning eating chocolates last night. So... <laughs> this will keep me going throughout i think it is the first time we've recorded in the morning isn't it or, yeah, it is. or even in the day at all yeah it's weird it's weird there's daylight like i can see the rest of my house it's terrifying <laughs> it is the middle of winter so there's not too much daylight to worry about That's but uh there is nonetheless uh some daylight outside so okay <clears throat> here we go are we gonna sing uh we wish nah never mind so i feel like i feel like that's something that i've been quite guilty of not doing recently is singing um uh yeah maybe i need to get back into that because i if i'd carried on with the trajectory trajectory <laughs> that's a hard word to say at this time in the morning trajectory <laughs> that we started with um in the early podcast i think by this time we would have had enough for a christmas album but um never mind never mind okay aid i'm gonna kick this off because we, we wanted to to yeah, just have a bit of a general look back, look forward in this episode because it's coming up between Christmas and New Year. And one of the things that you and I have never really talked about uh, is what got us into photography. So I I would love to hear what it is that nudged you into photography in the first place. Sure. Uh, it's, it's not a long story, actually. So what happened to me was that uh, I had, uh, back in the beginning of 2008, I had a bit of a revelation. Uh, I realised that uh, we, <laughs> we were all growing up. <laughs> not quite that bad. But I realised that my little brother was getting married in 2008. Uh, one of my best mates was getting married in 2008. I actually got married in 2008. And I guess I didn't really need to shoot photos at my own wedding. But of course, there was a honeymoon, which was uh, one of the most exotic holidays I'd ever been on. Uh, still is, actually. Uh, and uh, so I thought to myself, do you know what? I'd better buy a camera. I'd had film point and shoots in the I don't know in the eighties and nineties, but not really been into photography. I did buy in about two thousand a uh, a really state of the art Fujifilm digital point and shoot. Uh, back in the days when a large memory card was thirty two megabytes, which given yeah. that my given that the raw files from my current Fuji are now about forty megabytes. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so so the the cards in those days that you could fit a number of photos on actually probably wouldn't be big enough for one photo these days. But I bought one of these and I think it had um it had four pseudo megapixels because I think there was a there was a software algorithm because the sensor could only do about 2 megapixels. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, again, that was a point and shoot, and I liked it, but I'd never used it, and I thought not, not in, never gotten into photography. So in two thousand and eight, I bought my first uh, basic uh, entry level 
DSLR with a kit lens and I just got hooked and I've never looked back. How about you? It will come as very little surprise to anybody who's listened to this podcast that my entry was slightly more random. Um, And basically what happened was I was playing a video game. Uh, This video game, for those that care, was Gran Turismo for the PlayStation 3. And within Gran Turismo 3, yeah, it's a good game. It's a racing game and it looks very pretty. And part of this game... This is the dumbest thing ever, but it's entirely true nonetheless. Part of this game is it had a photo mode. So you could go and, you know, take these cars that you've bought with your in-game money and put them in exotic locations and take photographs of them in, in the game. <laughs> yeah, okay? That's what got you started. That is literally what... I, so I was mucking around with that. Oh, this is this is quite fun. I, I, I wonder if... I, I quite have a go at taking pictures with a, with a camera. That sounds fun. And at that time... Uh, Chris, who I, as I've mentioned before, knew before from from video game podcasts, had fairly recently started at the Pixelated Photographer website. So I thought, oh, I'm going to go and join up there. And I knew nothing at all about photography. I was a complete and utter um, beginner with this. I didn't know what Aperture and ISO and any of that stuff was. Um, so I joined up and... Uh, yeah, that's basically how I got into this entire hobby was just because of Gran Turismo. <laughs> and uh, th- this was in 2011. And at that point, uh, the camera I start off with was a Fuji point-and-shoot camera from 2003. Um, I was shooting with that for, I think, about three months just to see if I genuinely had any enthusiasm for this hobby, see if it was going to stick or whether this was just going to be a fad. Um, however what I've increasingly learned over the years is that whilst I do very much pick up these things in a very fad-like way, I tend not to put them down again, which is why I have an ever-growing collection of hobbies that take up my time and money. Um, so yeah, it, it really was. And I think that kind of says a lot for how I get into everything else. Some some random thing will just go, oh, I think I'll give this a go. And then it just becomes a part of my life going forward from there. Um but if it wasn't for the pixelated photographer, I don't know whether it would ever stuck, actually, because there was such a good community of people on there to be supportive and help me get going. And and they were doing the photography assignments uh, at the time. And right from the get go, I got involved with those. And it it was a fun, creative thing to do, which was completely absent from my life at that time. I wasn't really doing anything like it. Um, and so, yeah. Gran Turismo led to me getting into photography and then a year later I have at this time of year especially during January work gets quiet I have a lot more downtime and this downtime is a dangerous time of the year for me because I'm like well why you just never get out of bed or well there is a large chunk of that for sure um but also because I'm like well what can I do? What can I do? And I'm looking for things to occupy me. And what I decided in, I guess it'd be 2012, was I, I never really shot film. Um, like you, I'd had a point-and-shoot 35mm camera when I'd been out. I did a bit of travelling around Australia back in 2001. Um, <laughs> this wonderful, it's kind of a clear not clear transparent purple plastic samsung fino um which i still have nice uh, 
it's a bit battered, um, but it, it's still going. I think it does still work. I may have to get that out. Um, but that's the only camera I'd really had in my adult years. I thought, I'd, I'd like to have a go. So I jumped on eBay and picked up my um, Fuji SD605 for, I think, £10. And that was just the, the start of another entirely new obsession, which you know has actually grown to kind of dwarf the original photography obsession. Um, yeah, what 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 shifted you into film? It's all sort of a little bit lost in in the mist of of late twenty eleven and early twenty twelve. How I got into film photography, particularly, I'd been. Uh, film curious for a little while i think uh and then at part some some point that around then my father-in-law uh dug out from his garage uh a nikon slr from the 80s that had a sort of green moss effect on it because it had gotten very damp so i thought to myself do you know what i might give that a try uh and then suddenly i found myself going on a summer holiday that year with with that and also with uh, a diana Yes, I and I, I I'm just reading through a thread now. This is the this is what I love about the internet. Nothing ever goes away, and I have found a thread on the pixelated photographers entitled "I have seen the light." Oh, uh, is this going to make me look foolish now? Um, it's gonna it's gonna throw it's gonna show how we change as the years go by. So I'm going to read a couple of extracts. That doesn't this, sound this. good. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, as I said, I started shooting film back in uh, the January of 2012 and started posting on the forums. And um, so there's a bit of chat around it. So this is in June. Um, Aid posts, I have a new toy. Inspired by all the talk here about film, I have jumped into the game. I have no idea what I am doing and have <laughs> bought a camera that barely functions at all. I have also committed the sin of extreme trendiness and went to the Lomo shop in Soho to cough at my readies. And, dear listener, what may Aid have bought as his first film camera? It's a Diana. Um, and I, I just... <laughs> six... Taken six shots so far. Six seems quite a few shots, but I am genuinely excited about not knowing how these will turn out. I think one might be an accidental double exposure, but I'm not sure. The others are shot with flash, which sounds risky, but I checked the setup with the digital camera first because I'm a bit wary at the moment. Um, and so I, I, I think that's a great start. And But then, a little further on, um, it goes on. Okay. So you talk a bit about how you got on with your, uh, oof, <laughs> you took your Diana away on holiday and I think spent £50 for getting your first three rolls of film processed. Yeah, I think I used, I used the Lomography Lab for those first few because I, I didn't know where else to send it. Yep, so here are your first thoughts on the Nikon FG. Um, the 35mm film was shot in the Nikon FG, early 1980s consumer SLR. This was foisted upon me at the last minute by a relative. <laughs> Which relative? This was your father-in-law, it wasn't my it? My father-in-law, yeah, yeah. Reduced to the status of relative. Its redeeming feature, singular, <laughs> its <laughs> redeeming feature is the viewfinder, which is great. Other than that, I found shooting a film SLR rather uninspiring. It is manual focus only, and I found it too slow to shoot the kids running around. The Diana, though, is brilliant fun. I have several unintentional double exposures and a couple of on-purpose ones. I have no idea what I, what I will get out of it, so I am really excited. 
I did cheat a little by using a digital camera as a light meter on some of the shots. Um, but I, I think what I love about that is how that that's almost the absolute inverse of your feelings on these things now. Um, it is a bit, isn't it? Yeah. I guess a lot of that is is technique, isn't it? You know, so it, it's um, the the manual focus thing is is a technique. It's a skill that you learn over time, isn't it? Uh, and uh, so that was that's an interesting point. I think the other thing that one of the things that made me fall out of love with the Diana as well uh, is that it started rolling every single roll really fat. And so oh, yes. I remember you, you saying this you at the time. You couldn't empty it. Yeah, you could you could shoot it and that'd be fine. And then you had to uh you had to um unload the film uh, in a dark bag. And you still do. I still have that, Diana, but I, I don't really use it since I got the Holgers. because uh, the Holgers don't do that. And and um uh, and I also prefer the aesthetic that comes from from the Holger. But yeah, there you go. So so well, you've you've helped me answer the question there. <laughs> and uh, do I do I feel slightly embarrassed? No, I feel the way you, the way you narrated it was slightly condescending. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I've got that's another I thing I've gotten used to over the years there. as well. Like, <laughs> what I like about it, though, and I think that this is something which actually is specific to film photography more so than digital is that especially when you're first getting into it but actually just an, as an ongoing thing there is this kind of kid in a sweet shop feel to it all this there is something about shooting film which is just this is an adventure and because it I think it is the unpredictable nature. No, even if you are shooting with a camera that you know well and you love and you have, but there's just, there's something about it, whether it's the purely analog way that we have to do everything and put the film in and wind it on and all of that, whether it's the fact that we don't always know if things are going to be perfect. I don't, I don't know, but there is just something about it, which makes it inherently more exciting than just picking up a digital camera, which you you know what it's going to do. And I love the fact that your posts in that forum and there's other posts in there, Dave's posting at the same time and a few other people who have sort of disappeared since then. But um, that all there's this this feeling of, oh, this is great. We're going on the journey and we're going on this together. And it really captures that. I think it's very sweet, Aid. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it is, isn't it? I think and I think maybe you're right. I mean, if you pick up a film camera, you feel like you're making something. I mean, I I don't you know I can't draw or paint or or, or make pots or anything like that like some of, some of our, our friends can um, and so photography for me is is a way of using equipment to uh, relieve some of the creative frustration because the equipment c captures the image you can see mm. and uh, which I know I've said a load of times before but it remains true and uh, so I think you know picking up a film camera I feel like I'm making something where picking up a digital camera just feels soulless to me so it, although it can be very useful oh absolutely absolutely I mean like I said I, I know I, I never want anybody to feel like we are knocking digital cameras they are very good and they are exceedingly useful and um but there's, and there's in the right hands very creative as well Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the creativity at the end of the day has nothing to do with what you're using to create it. I think in in some ways, the reason that we love the analog photography is because there is an inbuilt element of creativity straight away. So it actually helps us. It, it gives us a head start. And people who are working with digital have to do that extra mile themselves. So, you know, hats off to them. Um, 
but yeah, I I love my digital camera, even though it has got spectacularly little use this year. <laughs> I sit in here actually. I've got two digital cameras on the desk in front of me, and not a film camera to be seen, which is sad. They're all in the drawer. But uh, because, as uh, as I said at last week's podcast, it's been the uh, the season of uh, school plays and and music, Christmas concerts and stuff like that. So uh, the digital cameras get get used a lot for that sort of thing. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, let's let's move on, shall we? Indeed. As we sit here, you know, with our fireside slippers on, and uh, I personally have a pipe and a smoking jacket and a mince pie. Uh, I don't know about Graham. Uh, it's uh, good to uh, have a look back at 2016 and consider the things we enjoyed, uh, the things we may not have enjoyed quite so much, and uh, just sort of ponder a little bit and, and relive it all uh, in a nice, relaxed, kind of between Christmas and New Year kind of a way. So, uh, Graham, why don't you tell us, uh, Tell us. Let's start, let's start with a good thing. Why don't you tell us something that you enjoyed in 2016? Ah, there have been a lot of things I've enjoyed about 2016. Um, I think this was the first year where I really got a chance to do not a large amount, but an amount of pinhole photography. This was one of the things that I was top of my list of things I want to try and do more of. Um, and I had got the... Uh, or I guess ordered the on-do pinhole for the Kickstarter last year, so I was looking forward to that turning up. And I had to go up making some earlier in the year. And I have really enjoyed it. It's certainly something, as with everything that I've done, it's kind of a immediate consideration is I've not done as much as I would have liked to have done by a long shot. But um, I, I have really enjoyed shooting pinhole this year. And seeing over the last few weeks the stuff that Corey's been sharing, and I think he's been sharing some amazing stuff, um, it really has just made me think, yeah, especially over winter, I want to try and find time to get more. Um, and, and I want to find time to get back to making some more pinhole cameras as well. Um, I've got, I've been putting stuff aside, thinking, oh, this could do, this could do. But it always comes down to time. But yes, pinhole has definitely been one of the things which I'd, I'd messed with before this year. Uh, and this was the first time that I feel like I really started to actually spend more time with it. And get more of a feel for what it could do and what it can't do um so that's definitely high on my list of good new things for this year what about you aid what's one of your good ones one of my good things uh i think i'd have to say that one of my good things is has been the holger uh 2016's finest new launch of a camera <laughs> and uh, uh and and sadly discontinued almost immediately <laughs> Do you actually, I mean, uh, yeah. they're, they're the sort, this is something that you've come to this year and been very vocal about, and then they discontinue it. Do you think there's a correlation to this? I mean, do you think that they, they look there, at There is, but not quite in the way that, <laughs> no, there is, but not quite in the way that you say. I think actually it was the discontinuation announcement that caused me to uh, rush out and buy Holger's in the first place i've been thinking for years about buying a holger and never gotten around to it uh too many other things going on uh they announced that they were stopping production so uh i immediately went out and bought three of them uh, one of them which of course is is now in your collection certainly is uh, so uh and uh yeah i think uh what i would say that you know i 
I really enjoyed the Holger. I started carrying it around on my commute. Uh, and I started to, uh, tried taking photographs of people with it, uh, and then you know I started to get comfortable with it, and then I took it on my holiday to Croatia back in the summer, and I think two things happened. One is that that I'd been I'd I'd practiced and I was getting comfortable with it, and that then led to a better quality of of photo that I was taking with it. The other thing uh, I think was just that. There's a, there's a lot more light in Croatia than there is in the UK often. And uh, the Holger is a camera that responds really well to there being a lot of light. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I think uh, it's possible that, you know, even with yeah, 100-speed hectare in it, uh, I was um, I was probably still overexposing the film, but the film just soaked it up and I got back these incredibly rich images what if i knew anything about darkroom stuff probably what you'd call a really sort of dense negative is that right where there's a lot of information being captured probably um, and uh, and uh that worked um that worked really really well for me but on the other side of it um crappy cameras no no didn't like crappy cameras at all so what, uh, what, what, hang on that what crappy cameras you haven't had your hands on any crappy cameras this year well, there was a couple that you sent me. <laughs> uh, I do not think you have received any crappy cameras from me. Well, okay. Um, the let, let's uh, yeah, let, let's just uh, resolve our creative differences around that, shall we? Or let let them lie, maybe. The uh, the the where I really enjoyed shooting with the Holger. Um, you'd sent me a couple of thirty-five mil equivalents essentially i mean they were little plastic boxes with you know one shutter speed and one aperture mm-hmm. and uh it, i just never connected with those um what, not in the what? same way that i did with the holger is it is it the m product that you didn't like or was it the shooting experience i that's a good question i think it's a bit of both um i mean certainly for you know uh, taking cameras on a commute, having a tiny little pocketable plastic 35mm camera that doesn't weigh anything at all uh, was was fairly straightforward. Uh, I mean, a Holger is very lightweight, but it's, it's a bit bigger. Uh, the and and some of the images I got out of them, uh, there was there was one of them at least you sent me was a um, a panoramic camera. Yeah. And uh, I got a couple of images out of that that I, I liked. I don't know. I just really didn't. It, it was the the tactility of it plus the, um, I, I don't know. It's, it's really difficult to pin it down. But I really connected with the Holger in a way that I didn't with the Diana that we were talking about a few minutes ago. Yeah. And I didn't with the 35 mil equivalents. So good Holger, crappy cameras in general, not so fussed about. It's funny, isn't it? Because I mean, the the, the basic, um, like what they're doing is so similar between things like the Holger and the um, the panoramic, cheap plastic panoramic cameras and things like the Vivitar wide and slim lights. I mean, they're basically all the same thing. They're all low quality, um, single shutter speed you know one or two uh apertures one or no focusing options and um they really just pick up point and fire and um 
it's, it's interesting that you there was such a distinct difference for you between the two. Yeah, and I can't say why either. So tell me then. Let's let's go for something that's slightly. Uh, is it we could call it negative, or we could call it a learning experience? So, what? Tell me one of your learning experiences for the year. Uh, I think one of the learning experiences for this year, and it's one I should have learned a long time ago, is I need to get more organised because a recurring theme with my photography this year has been me making unnecessary mistakes. Uh, I already talked about the pinhole, uh, how much I enjoyed shooting that, and you were just talking about the Holger, uh, which I have also shot this year. And in both of those cameras, and in the pinhole, on two rolls out of the, I think, four rolls of film that I've shot, or three rolls of film, I made mistakes just because of a frame spacing. Um, and this certainly wasn't the only mistake I made of this nature, but I've been very bad about putting rolls of film into camera and then not making a note anywhere or on the camera or anything of what the film is, what speed it is, um, what the frame spacing is, if that's something that can vary. And that has ended up with me getting some rubbish results back or at least some uh yeah spoiled results the the role that came out of the holger was all um overlaid with each other because i'd messed up that uh same thing with um a couple of the roles from the pinhole one was images on top of images the other one was an image followed by huge amounts of blank space then another image um and that's frustrating when you get a role film back and you go oh idiot head what did you do that for um so that's yeah that that's probably been one of my most frustrating things about this year because i don't get a lot of opportunity to take photographs and certainly nowhere near as much as i would like so when i mess them up entirely through my own stupidity <laughs> it's frustrating <laughs> I mean, even, even things like with the um the first role I put through the Cheap Shots Challenge, I mean, there was nothing fundamentally, well, no, there was nothing wrong with the role of film and the camera functioned perfectly, but my choice of film just wasn't very well thought out for what I was doing. I put, as I've repeatedly said, I put 50 ISO film in a camera that has a maximum aperture of um, f4.6 and then wanted to go out in the British climate and shoot moving objects, you know, people out on the streets and that just wasn't going to fly. Um so I, I feel like there have been a reasonably high quantity of pictures that I've taken this year that have been spoilt because of unnecessary mistakes. And going forwards, I want to get better about keeping track of what I'm putting into terms, especially as I'm the kind of person who will put a roll of film into a camera and it will then stay there for 12 plus months. And after 12 months, I have not got a clue what's in that camera. <laughs> Sometimes I don't even know if it's 120 or 35 millimeter film in a camera, which may seem insane, <laughs> but it's true nonetheless. Um, the obvious answer, solution to this is the, as previously discussed, photo memo book from Mike Padua. And now that I say this, it's like, I really have got to get myself one of those. This is bonkers that I haven't done yet. So that's going to be my New Year's gift to myself because as, as I sit here and think about it now, that's actually been quite a problem this year. Fair enough. I can see how that would be really frustrating. It's... Uh uh it it resonates with me in uh in sport i play tennis as you know and uh the 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 
when you play tennis and you make a lot of unforced errors and you lose mm. a lot of points uh, and sometimes matches simply because of the unforced errors, that is one of the most frustrating things. <laughs> so yeah. I can understand uh, why that um, why that would be an issue for you. Okay, so my turn. I have, oh, let's see, uh, another another good and bad of photography uh, for for 2016. So good, the fun of Instax, um, huge fun. Um, I, I got a pile of them sat on the desk in front of me here, uh, and you, you know, everybody's heard me talk at length uh, about Instax this year, whether it's printed uh, through my little printer or whether it's uh, shot uh, in in a camera. Uh, and uh, the thing, the overwhelming thing of it is the fun. You know, everybody, you give one of the people those things and it's just huge fun. They, whether whether it's the blank one that they have to then watch develop or whether you just hand it to them uh, after it's developed, you know. And uh, I've done this at a couple of family parties. I've done it with the kids and stuff like that. Everybody loves Instax. You can, I can see why it's such a popular product. Yeah, it, it it's the currently it's the one really big success story of of film photography, isn't it? It's the one thing that is growing year on year in the market, and uh, yeah, people love well, it. Well, in the mass market sense, yeah. I mean, yeah, of course there are you know, impossible film and stuff like that, but in the mass market sense, it's Instax is where it's at for this kind of product. Uh, huge fun. Um, against that, uh, the the Instax cameras, <laughs> <laughs> or at least the the one that I have. Uh, which I am still really struggling with. Uh, I, I, it doesn't seem to be consistent at all. Um, I think, uh, yeah, there are... I know there was a vast range, and you know better than I do on this, there were, there were a vast range of Polaroid cameras made, and some of them were just simple point-and-shoots, and, shoots, and as others of them were you know, proper SLRs with you know, manual controls, or at least partially manual mm. controls. Uh, I think that you know if Fuji can make, uh, and I don't know if they're going to do this, but if they could make an Instax Mini camera uh, with proper controls to give the photographer some level of consistency, or uh, this new square format that they're bringing out in 2017, uh, if the camera for that has uh, more control over it, um, you know, though you could make. Uh, I, I would be such a happy bunny, <laughs> I really would, because it would take all the frustration of Instax away, and and all you'd be left with would be the fun. Yeah, no, that's. Uh, I mean, they're obviously committed to the product, the fact that we've got the monochrome out this year, and the fact they're already talking about this new square format coming out. Uh, I I wouldn't be surprised to see um, a model with more control coming out. I mean, it's not the market that they're really aiming at. The Instax is really been pushed at a non-photography based consumer market people who just want to have it for fun for parties for whatever um but i think the, the with the monochrome coming out that does indicate that they are thinking more about trying to attract people who want to do more with the creative side of it and i think that could absolutely lead to a, a new camera i suppose it a lot depends on how well is this monochrome going to do is that going to be a big hit have you Aid, thought about um, picking up uh, one of the, I mean, I, I've never really looked into it, but there's the Mint cameras, aren't there? Have you looked at those? 
Oh, what the TLRs? Yeah, uh, yeah, I have. They're a bit expensive, though. No they're kidding. they're several hundreds of pounds for yeah. uh, an Instax mini camera uh, at this point, uh, which is which is quite expensive. But yes, they are. I, I have thought about that. Uh, I it's uh, and and I think that would be fun as well. And and so it's 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 a really. Uh, I really hope we can that they they can do more. Um, I know that they are focusing the, the Instax on a uh, on the consumer market, and there are even think choices they're making that are, are even are even geographic in the sense that uh, we've talked a little bit before about the fact that the the flash on my camera is absolutely nuclear, and uh, you know, for, but from the reading I've done, the the camera flash strength and the film itself to an extent are tuned for Asian skin tones. Right. Um, so, so you know, uh, you know, to put it um, uh, very basically, people with darker skin need more light. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know, uh, and uh, and it seems to be set up for people who are a lot less pasty white than me and my family. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's um, yeah, it, there's that about it as well. But I'd say that even even just in the consumer space, the camera is incredibly inconsistent in the results it gives. So I'd settle for something that was automatic as long as it was consistently automatic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, And I, I don't know that. whether that's in the camera or whether it's in the film production, actually, as a, as a point. But I still say that, actually, you know, looking back over 2016, I've had huge amounts of fun with Instax. Uh, I would probably at this point reserve the colour Instax for the printer and put the monochrome in the camera because the monochrome seems to have a little bit more dynamic range uh, mm. and and is uh, is more pleasing let's say um, uh, than the color through the cameras to my eye um, yeah. but yes that that's 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 uh, uh, I couldn't end the year without saying how much I've loved playing with Instax this year it was kind of the year has been a story of two halves for you because it did it was holger 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 and then instax 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 sprinkled with uh, a liberal scooping of uh, your nikon work in between times but um yeah those are the two cameras that you really have got a lot of use out of this year yeah and uh they've been great yeah so back over to you then so something that uh something you found new or positive this year I suppose in some ways related to my, my last statement, um, it, it's been one of the things I've enjoyed this year, as in previous years, is the sort of the new cameras that I've shot for the first time. I was just on the back of a, of an envelope thinking, how many cameras have I acquired this year? Um, and a shitload. I, I think it's somewhere in the region of 15, <laughs> which is more than I thought that number was going to be when I sat down. Um and I've shot quite a few of them, but certainly by no means 15 of them. Um, and I've really enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed going out with the um, the Panoramic and the Vivitar Ultra Wide and Slim, the Holger that you sent me, um, the Lomo LCA that I've just finished the roll through, Ronald, of course, cannot forget about Ronald, um, and the Canon that I took away on holiday, the waterproof Canon, and, you know, and, and numerous others. Uh, and I have um, really enjoyed, especially with some of the more distinct ones. So things like the panoramic for all its crapness, the fact that the panoramic is so basic and changes the field of view. Um, 
the Vivitar wide and slim, same kind of reason. Ronald, because of its very different shooting style, um, at the on-do pinhole, these cameras which really force you to change the way that you are taking photographs at a very fundamental level. I really enjoyed experiencing all of these, but it is that is both the good and the bad thing because um, with almost all of those, I've shot one roll of film through them, or a, you know, with the pin hole, a couple, with Ronald, a handful of shots, um, and I haven't. I've liked what they can do. Uh, oh yeah this is great I, I need to come back and do more of this um, but there's just so much stuff <laughs> I'm such a little magpie um, and so I I haven't really properly explored anything even the things that have I have enjoyed I haven't gone back to and done more of because there's always been something else there and I always feel like, well, I've got all these cameras. I ought to be trying to shoot as many of them as possible because otherwise I'm just a garbage collector. Um, and sometimes it's easy. Sometimes you try something once and go, ah, I'm not sure if this is actually for me. Um, case in point being the Olympus trip. I shot it and that camera is a, a cult camera. It's got a huge following. People really like it. Um, and the results that came out of it were nice enough, but I didn't particularly like the handling, I, as I've said before on here, the shutter is just too squishy and there are other cameras that do a similar job that I like more. Um, so that camera, I kind of go, okay, I've tried it. It's not for me um, unless a very specific circumstance comes up. I'm probably not going to go back to this one. Um, but there are others which I shot and, and did like and haven't gone back to just because of time. So, yeah, that's. I think that's just something in that I need to remedy in, in my own approach to photography. Um, I, think I think that's, yeah, I think it's, a lot of us have that though, don't we? Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's been, it's been an interesting year for you. I mean, I, I've observed some of that, uh, that you've just uh, mentioned, <coughs> excuse me. And, um, yeah, I, I've observed some of that and in, in your approach to photography, this year uh, and in some of the results um, I have to say receiving a uh, an original Ronald through the post uh, it, it was amazing you you sent me one of your still lies that you took with Ronald mm. on uh, some kind of photographic paper and that was fantastic uh, but but it was so there's, there's there's some impact that you've had uh, I think with your photography this year but but it hasn't been particularly consistent I think is what you're trying to say yeah, it's been scattershot. And in some ways, the podcast is kind of a blessing and a curse for that. Um, I have definitely shot, I was looking at my uh, Lightroom catalogue. And um, in 20, where are we? Let me see if I can find it now. In 2015, um, I shot, how many pictures did I shoot on film in 2015? and find it come on you must be uh, some called a lightroom wizard if you can yeah. figure that out <laughs> I, I shot about 297 shots on film in um 2015 and there's always a bit of overlap because stuff i often do quite a lot of developing in the new year so the stuff from 2014 i'll developed in 2015 and so on in 2016 but about 300 shots in 2015 um and in so far in 2016 that's you know 850 shots so 
significantly more than doubled the amount of film that I've shot. And since we started doing the podcast, I really haven't shot digital at all. And it's not because I thought, oh, I, I shouldn't because I've got the podcast. It's just that's what I'm thinking about. And I have no desire to. Um, and because I want to explore things, we want to have stuff to talk about. And we've been doing things like the, um, oh, that's another tip on books, um, the Cheap Shot Challenge and all of these things. It's encouraged me to get out and explore new stuff to have the experiences and to have something to talk about. Um, because it's a good thing. It's a good thing, absolutely. But it doesn't always encourage week in, week out repetition and, and practice of doing the same thing with the same cameras. So um, it's a double-edged sword. It is, but you've already put plans in place to rectify that, haven't you? As we were talking about last week, because your project for the first half of 2017 is very much going to be about focusing and taking a, a reasonably sizable body of work uh, in a consistent fashion. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Aidan. That, that that will be a one camera, you know, one lens, hopefully, as long as it all works out right the way through. I'll be hope, sh still shooting other stuff with other cameras at the same time, but it will mean that I will have this one thing that I'm working at consistently. I have a similar situation myself. I have felt that I haven't really pushed myself uh, in terms of the creativeness of my photography enough this year. And so I now have my slightly scary new project for 2017 uh, about photographing uh, more people. And that is going to be something that really does push me. So uh, my my... My fallback position this year, although I've shot a lot of film photography, a lot of it's been, you know, wandering around London on my commute. And when I look through back through my catalogue for the year, there's a lot of uh, urban landscapes with very few people in them. And, and that to me is is a good thing because it's a, a new type of photography or newer, newer type of photography for me. Uh, but it's also a bad thing because it's it's not pulled. It's not really pushed me much. So uh, I think both of us have got projects for the coming year that are going to help us to be a little bit, uh, a little bit more focused. Maybe our photography will improve in 2017. Who knows? Who knows? I think what, one thing that I'm definitely going to work towards doing in the first month of the year is make a concerted effort to shoot, even if it's not great pictures, but to shoot and get all of the film out of the cameras that I've got with film in at the moment so that I can start with a blank slate. And then I think what I ought to do is actually box up a lot of my cameras um, and try and thin down because let's face it, I'm probably going to pick some more up next year. It seems unlikely that that won't happen just through osmosis <laughs> if nothing else. Um, but I want to try and leave myself in the position where I can focus on the things that I, I really want to do more of next year. So I really want to shoot more with Ronald in a significant way. I really want to do more pinhole stuff. Um, and so I've got those two angles and then look at what I've got and go, okay, well, what else is going to be the thing for this year? And, and at the same time, leave plenty of room for all the other stuff that's bound to come up. But um, yeah, I, I need a clearing of the decks and a clearing of my mind with that stuff. Okay, this is probably a good time to say we'll take a quick break and uh, after the break we'll look a little bit forward. 
sounds good to me. Well, having looked a little back over 2016 and the highs and lows and the, and the learning points, uh, time now to look forward into 2017, which, uh, as this gets published, starts in just a couple of days. Uh, so that's an interesting thought. Uh, 2016 seems to have gone very, very quickly. Um, it's difficult to imagine, uh, and Graham, I expect you'll back me up on this, it's difficult to well, not to imagine, but to, to accept that actually this is the 30th show. Yeah, it, it is kind of crazy. I mean, I know we're done with looking back, but it is bonkers to think that we've been doing this now since um, the end of June we started, somewhere around there. 30 and, weeks ago? <laughs> yeah, 30 weeks ago. And I think for both of us, as a creative endeavour, this is by a long way the most and indeed only consistent thing that we've kept doing and kept putting out um and i i know that when we floated the idea when you approached me about it i i honestly thought if we get to episode three we will have outstripped my expectations of this uh and the fact that we're here that, that says more about you than it does about me just for the record <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I am a negative Nelly to the max with these things. But also I know that it's, you know, it's difficult with podcasts. It's they're, they're, They are time consuming to produce and time consuming for you to edit. And it can be, especially when you set yourself up to do it every week. That's a hell of a commitment because you not only have to be there to record it, but you have to think of things to say. Um and or people to invite who bring things to say yeah that was that was the real smart revelation we came up with um and it has just been not only has it been the thing that we've managed to achieve and it's been consistent it has been great um it has opened us up to a community of people who are, are fantastic we were just talking off air about the fact that really Without the people that we have met, especially without Instagram and everybody we have met through Instagram, um, people too numerous to name, not just the awesome people that we've had on as guests like Corey and Eric and Spencer um, and Rob, but all the people we chat to on a weekly basis on Instagram uh, who have been supportive and have helped us grow the podcast. And yeah, we are not a big podcast. But it doesn't matter because the the people that listen to us and the people we get to talk to really make it worthwhile. And um, uh, that has been such an enriching experience over the last six months that I never expected that we would get from this. And it really I, – I, the podcast, the actual podcast that we put out just now feels like a small part of – the community that, that we've been able to, I don't know, plug ourselves into. I don't think we've created this community. We've just been able to slot into this awesome part of the film community, and it's been fantastic. I couldn't agree more with that. Um, and I, as I sit here right now, I couldn't tell you 30 weeks ago why it was that we decided to start a podcast. Uh, I'm not sure that either of us knew, really, uh, but I do know now and uh, it's about the people that we've met and 
the you know, the people that we've met in 2016. Uh, we've got projects. Uh, certainly my project is going to cause me to meet more people in 2017. And, you know, I, that is, for me, uh, the defining reason for for doing this i i think uh, doing it weekly has been uh the saving grace for us in production terms i think actually having to commit to doing it every week is is probably easier than committing to doing it once every two weeks or once a month or something like that so it feels pacey and it, as you say it is a lot of work but uh, uh i feel it's very um rewarding let's say if that doesn't sound uh too uh, too trite because uh, it's not certainly not meant in that way so we're going to take it forward uh 2017 uh, more podcasts and uh, more interaction with the community and uh i think uh, whilst we don't have a massive plan to change the way we do this podcast i suspect there'll be some natural evolution because if you listen back to the early bits or the early episodes uh there has been uh, an evolution uh we have more guests on now uh we talk about i think a, a broader range of things than we did back then and I, i'm looking forward to to that looking forward to to keeping going and to uh making more contributions to the community we're now a part of yeah, I'm really excited about 2017. Um, I've already been speaking to a few people who I'm hoping to get on uh, in the next year um, and trying to get a more diverse group of people on because although the, everybody we've had on so far has been awesome, uh, as Eric said, it's been a bit of a sausage fest lately. Um, so it would be great to get a bit, a bit more of a spread of people coming on. Um, but I love to hear what people are doing out there. And it's great that we've got so many people who are actively engaged with us and you guys if you have stuff that you really want to talk about or something or you know somebody who you would really like to get on to talk about stuff, you know, share this with us get in touch with us not just through instagram but we have the email account um it's sunny 16 podcast at gmail.com um you know let us know if there's somebody you think we ought to hit up and, and see if they will deign to talk to us um because I've really enjoyed these conversations and there's so many different ways to look at what we do and the, the way we're shooting and the way that the world is seen that it's always fascinating to get different people on with different insights. So I really hope we can do a lot more of that going forward as well as getting back some of our old buddies as well, because, um, yeah, we've met some great people already and I hope to have them back on again. And especially Dave. We've, we have to have <laughs> Dave on again soon because otherwise Aid gets complacent about how easy editing can be. So, Yeah, fair point, fair point. So, okay, I think that probably brings us to the end of this uh, special Christmas episode. Um, don't want to, to look back too far uh, and don't want to, to pretend we know what's going to happen next too much either, to be honest. <laughs> Actually, the, the one thing we can say will happen next is that um, the next show we currently have planned uh, and <laughs> planned is definitely where it's at in this stage is that the next show will be our awards show. Um, we don't exactly know what that's going to be yet. So look forward to that, whatever that is or how it appears and in what format. It's going to be very exciting. It's going to be an extravaganza. It's going to make the Oscars look like some sort of hoe down in a barn so it's going to be amazing aid is going to pull out all the stops it's going to be an edit editing piece de resistance 
<laughs> well, there's still probably a few days as you listen to this episode uh, to contribute to the awards show. Uh, there will be, by now, on our Instagram account, Sunny16Podcast, there will be five posts that are particularly about the Sunny's Awards. Uh, it'd be great to hear your input, uh, great to get your votes for those, and uh, please uh don't hesitate to flick back through the account, find those things, contribute, and then you too might get a special mention on the Sunnies Awards next week. And one other thing, whilst it's in my head, if you're listening to this between Christmas and New Year, and like us, you're sort of thinking back of photography of your last year that you've done and what you're going to be doing going forward or what you'd like to do, drop us a line, you know, message us on Instagram or drop us an email or message us on Twitter or however works for you. And just let us know because we would, I would love to be able to share what some of our listeners uh, have got planned for the next year. Um, you, I need to either send us a mail or send us a voice recording. That would be even more awesome if you have the technology just on your phone or whatever to record yourself saying, "Hi, my name's Dingo Dog Duda on Instagram." One of my favourite listeners, um, and this is what I want to do for 2017 and. That would be great. Please do that. Okay. And on that note, uh, see you next year. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Happy New Year. <laughs> Dingo Dog Doodah is my favourite listener. Is that actually a Ding Dog Doodah? <laughs> Is that actually a real thing? Um, no, I don't think so. Although it'd be funny if it was. Hang on, let me have a quick look. <laughs> <laughs>